Welcome to Steeping Around, sponsored by the Maya Tea Company. I'm your host, Manish Shah, and we are talking all things tea. Joined in studio today by editor Sarah, making us all sound good, as well as co-host Lisa, helping me dive through our topic for today. Last week, we spent a great deal of time talking about the pairing of tea and cigars, an unusual topic for certain, not something that I would have thought of. And if you haven't listened to the show, you definitely want to do that because it's very enlightening. It is. It was a great show. I learned so much and I have yet to try the tea with cigar, but it's definitely on my to-do list. Yes, you and I have not gone down that road yet, but certainly the idea of a cigar helping enhance the tea and vice versa was particularly intriguing. But the notion of pairing foods together is certainly not a new one by any stretch of the imagination. I think that as long as mankind has been around, people have put one food together with another and thought, wow, this goes really well together. I'm reminded of a scene from a movie, Ratatouille, for those of you who have probably figured out by now that I only watch animated features because my children (laughs) are young. It's a movie, I believe by Disney, where a rat becomes a chef. And there's a scene in that movie where he finds a couple of things as he's foraging. And he goes, now look, taste this cheese. Taste this piece of fruit. Now put them together. Now he's explaining this to his brother who just simply doesn't get the pairing together. But for him, the whole symphony of flavors put together creates this third and fourth dimension experience. It's a really cleverly done scene. And I think for those of us who are passionate about food, when you like one particular ingredient and you like another ingredient, and then you put it together, it really is rather symphonic. And so today we're going to be talking about pairings between food and tea. This was again sort of triggered by our guest from last week, who was Timothy Sue, and he's from the Mandarin's Tea Room in New York City. And he talked about not only tea and cigars, but he had a lot to say about pairing tea with food as well. Let's take a listen to what he had to say. Now, we've spent a lot of time talking about tea and cigars, but, you know, you've peppered our conversation with lots of references to food. (laughs) So apparently you like to eat as well. Are there other food pairings or other things that you like to pair together, either with tea or with cigars? Because apparently you uh, are kind of a matchmaker. I'm not too sure if your your show has enough time for me to go on and on for days. Um, I certainly love food. I love life to live the fullest of it. So I enjoy everything from a tea bag to a 50 years old dining pot. I enjoy both of it. So pairing, um, you can pair a lot and a lot of things. Uh, we pair cheese with tea. We have cheese with cigars. Cheese with wine. Going to coffee with cigars. Coffee with tea. This endless Pisco uh, with. Tea. Tea is amazing. Pisco is a Peruvian brandy. It's 100% pure grape alcohol. If you have a Pisco with a first flush Darjeeling, it's heaven. It just happened. You will not forget about that moment. And if you live up with good cigars on top of that, so you have a Pisco pan with a tea and a cigar, I mean, I can go away happy in that moment. <laughs> a lot of things. I mean, people would bring in really, really artisanal chocolate to pair with red tea or black tea, as the Western knows about. Um, uh, chocolate is a great pair. Anything aged is good because the aging process do some magic in a lot of food and, you know, prosciutto with that really, really aged on floor is heaven. You can actually smell the floralness of the fat, of the cure meat in your fingers. It's amazing on that point. You know, 
you can do a truffle with tea, you can do a truffle with tea with cigars. I mean, it's endless. So I think the most important thing for our audience to understand is just think about what you like in life and try to pair it with a tea. And then from there on, you can add more layers into this whole pairing. And you'd be surprised on how much you missed. If you pair with the tea, it just kind of enhances the nuances and makes you more aware of it. So clearly the possibilities of pairing tea with food are basically endless. Exactly. But uh, I don't know if we want to go down the endless road because we do have a limit to how long our show can be. But uh, we're going to explore some more definite possibilities. Lucky for me, Lisa has done a little bit of research about some good combinations for tea and food. And we'll get into those. And later we'll get even more specific. Specific teas and cuisines that happen to pair well together. So stay with us. We'll be right back here on Steeping Around. Hello everyone, this is Nick coming at you from the Maya Tea Company. Although most of my work is limited to assisting the company at the local Tucson farmers markets, the benefits in working in and around the Maya Tea Company are many. When I first started to work here, it dawned on me that they had a huge supply of yerba mate, which just happens to be my favorite stimulating beverage. It felt as though I was right at home. When I used to do a lot of travel and keeping long hours playing in a band and going to college, Yerba Mate was my beverage of choice. I've been drinking Yerba Mate for years now, and I appreciate that it doesn't make me quite as jittery as coffee. It has a host of vitamins, minerals, antioxidants, amino acids, the list goes on. Working for the Maya Tea Company in the Tucson Farmers Markets requires that you are on your A-game at all times. And for me, Yerba Mate is the perfect beverage to assist with that. So the next time you're in the market for purchasing some of the finest yerba mate, visit us at mayatea.com. And don't forget to enter the coupon code STEEP to receive 15% off. Thank you so much. Welcome back to Steeping Around. I'm your host, Benish Shaw, and we are talking all things tea here with co-host Lisa, talking about tea and food pairings. And in fact, this week, Lisa gets to sort of take a little bit of the lead because she did most of the research about pairing tea with food. So what exactly did you find, Miss Lisa? Well, I found out that primarily it's very similar to pairing wines with different foods. It's almost exactly the same. Like, for example, black teas. Black teas are great with more of a spicy food or more full-bodied, whereas like a white tea, which of course is lighter and more subtle, just like a Chardonnay is more light and subtle, they're paired with things like poultry. So it's very similar. Well, and it would make sense because there's a certain level of acidity associated with the two as well. So it's not just the strength of the flavor and the oxidation from black tea to white tea. Uh It's also the acidity because white tea is really pretty smooth. It's pretty soft. It doesn't have a bite to it per se, the tang, the pucker, which black tea especially does. And so just like if you're talking about, you know, a strong Cabernet or something really strong, you're going to want to pair that with something that likewise has a stronger flavor, maybe some fat and something thick and heavy, whereas white tea would want to have something softer. That's interesting. 
It's good. I mean, you know all the background behind all the teas, so that makes it even more. Yeah, and then it's not just white teas and black teas. We also have green teas. Mm -hmm. Yes. And green teas, by their nature, have a couple of notes that are really prevalent within them. They're kind of nutty and a little vegetal. So green tea would probably pair very well with things like salads that have a little vegetable tendency to them, you know, the greens. Or chicken. Or some rice, which has the nutty notes as well. So the idea of pairing green tea with rice dishes and vegetables and maybe some soups or seafood is probably ideal because those flavors sort of match up. The seaweed flavor of green tea matching up, say, with seafood, which may have a, I don't want to call it fishy, but to say a... <laughs> oceanic flavor to them. There you go. But see, so it's kind of a logical progression. It is a logical progression. You know, what you would pair the tea with. So it all makes perfect sense when you really stop and you think about it. Now, I guess the one tea that is kind of debatable, and I'm going to ask you to help me out on this because you know the background of the tea, would be oolong. Yeah, oolong is a really interesting choice because if you're talking about a really good oolong, that tea is so complex unto itself I would hesitate to pair it with a whole bunch of things. It's really a kind of tea that has a story of its own, and you almost want to savor or enjoy that flavor by itself. And the same thing with a first flush Darjeeling. Now, today we're actually sitting here having scones and a first flush Darjeeling together, and they went pretty well, but this is a really great first flush, and we could have just as soon sat and enjoyed this tea by itself because Mm -hmm. it does have such a complexity of flavor that sometimes adding something to it almost detracts from the other. And so there are probably some oolongs, especially the ones that are a little darker, a little more oxidized, that would go fine with food. But I think if you're talking about the really green ones, the really floral ones, they're coconutty, they're sort of a mouthful unto themselves. I cannot imagine a whole lot of foods being paired up with them. And if there are any foods that would do well, it would be something like a scone, which is by its very nature sort of dry, light, thin, not full-bodied. Now, we had a jalapeno scone today, so that's probably not the direction we go down. But certainly the no. plain ones and the more subtle ones that sort of dry out the palate and sort of cleanse it would be great because now the food becomes a vehicle to sort of prep for the tea. If you're going to have a really great tea, then you have this sort of dry food like a cracker or a scone sure. that sort of cleanses the palate. Okay, so let me ask you this. They say like a darker oolong would go great with duck or like grilled meats. How do you feel about that? I mean, do you think that's actually a good suggestion? I mean, can you see that as a possibility? Now, to be perfectly honest, I haven't had a lot of duck. I mean, I've had grilled meats, but I don't eat a lot of meat. And it is not my preference, historically, to have a lot of smoky flavors. Okay. But I can see where that would be the case, that if you're going to have something that was lightly grilled and not too smoked, then an oolong would be great, because it does have some of those smoky tendencies. Same thing with a lapsang souchong, which is a smoked tea. So I suspect that those two would probably pair very, very well. It has the strength in the body to hold up to those kind of things. Okay, very good. So when we come back, we're going to dive a little bit more specifically, not just about the individual foods themselves, but the cuisines that pair with food. Like, I don't know about you, but I am very fond of lots of different cuisines in the world. Thai, Mexican, Italian, Indian. And, you know, when you go to these places, is it possible to have a cup of tea that sort of goes well with your entire meal? We'll get to that question when we come back, right here on Steeping Around. everyone, this is Sarah from the Maya Tea Company, and I want to know, what happened to tea time? I know, I know, it seems like this ancient ritual, but 
It's not all about the porcelain cups and crumpets. It's all about a break from your busy lifestyle. When I was growing up, my parents would sit at the breakfast table together every morning and split a pot of coffee. They'd trade the newspaper back and forth and just enjoy each other before waking the kids up or rushing off to work. That was their American tea time. And now, even that seems old-fashioned. We've entered into this age of breakfast bars and Starbucks drive throughs and any amount of relaxation comes with a little bit of guilt. That's why it's more important than ever to fight for your right to relax. We should be on the front lines for tea time. And it doesn't really matter what you put in your cup. It could be tea, it could be coffee, it could be a smoothie, just a glass of water. Just take a moment every day to enjoy yourself, to enjoy your life. And if you do enjoy tea, we can help. We've got something for everybody at www.mayatea.com. And don't forget that coupon code, STEEP. Cheers! back here at Steeping Around. I am your host, Manish Shah, and we are talking all things tea in studio with co-host Lisa, talking about tea and food pairings, things that go well together. Now, we spent the first part of the show sort of listening to a general idea about tea and food pairings, and we got a little bit more specific last segment in terms of just the general rules of thumb about how it was best to pair certain types of tea with certain types of food. But what about specific teas that might go well with some specific cuisines? And our research has revealed several really interesting options and pairings. For example, Assam is great with, and in my research, it came up over and over again. It's great with chocolate. I can see why. Okay. I can see why. Because Assams, by their very nature, are malty. So their primary note is malt, which is kind of chocolatey. Like if you think of Ovaltine. Oh, you brought up my most favorite drink growing up as a kid, Ovaltine. I guess we're going to have to get you some Assam and chocolate. Yeah. And Assam also goes well with custards or even breakfast foods. Now, how do you feel about that? I mean, do you find that to be something you would consider? Certainly. It depends upon the breakfast food. But if you're talking about cereals and something a little bit on the heartier side, grainy and nutty, because of the malt notes, I suspect that they go very, very well. And it also doesn't hurt the fact that Assam has a ton of caffeine. So if you're talking about breakfast foods, if you're also looking for kind of a swift kick, it's got both the flavor as well as the caffeine to sort of bring everything oh. home. Now, see, I just learned something. Caffeine. All righty. I think I might need to get some of that. Another tea that's very interesting is Lapsang Souchong. Smoky. And, uh, of course, naturally, the pairing would be smoked foods, particularly smoked salmon, chicken, lemon citrus, something tart. Now, I've not tried that, so I can't speak for sure. Well, the whole fun of this is just to experiment with it. So, yeah, we should try it and see what we think. Sure, we'll have to get all those together. Yeah. Another Chinese tea that sort of caught our eye was Kimun. And that's an interesting tea from the point of view that it's probably the least tippy of all the black teas that we generally carry. Okay, now, what do you mean by tippy? Because so, any tea that has tips in it, it has the end of the leaf, and it has some of the buds. And so, what happens is that if you look at the tea, it's not all black and oxidized. You'll actually have these sort of yellow tips in it. And that kind of helps enhance the flavor. Now, Kimun, on the other hand, rarely has tips in it. It's very, very black and it's very dark. So it's got a strong flavor and what I would call a very direct flavor. It's got a lot of body and it has a lot of acidity to it. And so they have paired Kimun with a lot of the heaviest cuisines that we will find. Things like heavy meats, smoked fish, but also with Chinese, Mexican, Italian, and Indian food as well. Now, my feeling about that is slightly different because 
being Indian, I'm not sure red wine really works with Indian food. Most of the time when we have Indian food, we'll have beer and we'll have like maybe a light white wine, which is dry, almost as though it's a palate cleanser. So between bites, not necessarily with the bites, because the food is right there in Indian food. It's really spicy. It's really flavorful. Yes. So you'll have your bite, you'll consume it, and then perhaps a drink of wine to sort of cleanse the palate. And in that case, a white wine serves a better purpose. So I can also see that with Indian food, you might want to try a tea that was a little softer, white tea or maybe a light green tea, and that would sort of cleanse the palate. So I think there's a dual purpose here. If you're drinking it with the bite, maybe you would choose a kimun or a heavier tea. But if you're drinking it as a palate cleanser, you might go in a different direction. Interesting. So I think I'd want to note that. Another lighter tea that really works well is Darjeeling, and that's one of my favorites. We spoke about that a little bit earlier. The recommendations that we found that they go well with egg dishes and creamy desserts. So I'm thinking like Eggs Benedict and like maybe a a, a lighter creme brulee with fruit in it. Darjeeling has an aroma that's particularly notable called Muscatel, and that's kind of from the wine world, Muscat, and it has that sort of oaky and airy floral. It's really great when it's really prevalent. And I can see where, with something creamy and egg and mild, you would be able to enhance those flavors. So in this particular case, it's almost as though the food enhances the tea and not necessarily the other way around. Now, what about green teas? Now, I know you did a little bit of research on a couple of different types of green teas, and what did you find? Well, I'm curious what you're going to think, but um, what I found, they said, was gunpowder is good for either Asian or Middle Eastern food. And it's actually served oftentimes with Middle Eastern food. They use it very often, and with Middle Eastern food, they tend to really sweeten their gunpowder. But gunpowder does have some nuttiness and a little smoke and a little heaviness. It's a really, really strong green tea, so I could understand why with Middle Eastern or heavy Asian cuisine, it could actually stand up to that because it has a little bit of body. The other one was Dragon Well. They pair that with like seafood or chicken. And that seems perfectly natural. Long Jing, Dragon's Well, is much softer. Much softer. Very nutty. Very light and very clean. And again, it serves as a palate cleanser. And I can certainly see where it would be much better off with salads or chicken and seafood that by their very nature have a lighter, easier tone to them. One tea that I'm not sure I would ever pair with food, but that goes very well after you've had a heavy meal, and we've talked about this on the show before, is something called puer. That's the aged tea. It has a very musty Mm -hmm. and earthy flavor to it. And while I find it to be delicious, I'm not sure it would pair with a lot of food. Maybe some aged cheese. But even then, that creaminess I don't think would work very well. I'm going to have to try that, but I don't think it would. But it's great after dinner because it's excellent for digestion. And oftentimes here, I can't tell you how many times we've gone out for Indian food or we've gone out for Mexican food and had some poor afterwards because we may have just consumed something a little too spicy. That's something I'm definitely going to try the next time I have, let's say, you know, Thanksgiving or your big Christmas dinner or whatever it is that you celebrate. I'm going to try that as opposed to the traditional cup of coffee. Yeah, I agree. Great way to finish. Yeah. Now, if any of you are interested in any of the teas that we've been talking about, you can find them, buy them at our website, mayatea.com. That's www.mayatea.com. They're all available loose leaf. And if you're a listener of the show, you definitely want to use the coupon code STEEP, that's S-T-E-E-P, and you'll get a 15% discount. We have Facebook sites for both Steeping Around as well as the Maya Tea Company. Also, we're on Twitter and Pinterest. And for any of the past shows that we've talked about here, you can find it on our website at steepingaround.com as well as iTunes. Next week, we're going to move on to 
cooking with tea. Can you use tea as a culinary ingredient? Oh, you most oh, certainly can. Yes, yes. You'll be surprised. In the upcoming weeks, we're going to be talking a little bit about that with some chefs who actually use tea for cooking. And we may even, I'm keeping my fingers crossed, have a local chef do a little video about cooking with tea with us, Chef Romero Scavo. So there's lots to be looking forward to in the upcoming weeks. Well, thank you so much, Sarah and Lisa, for joining me this week. Oh, my pleasure. And thanks to all of you for listening. And until next week, I don't care what you decide to pair yourself up with, but just make sure you are steeping around with us. Cheers. Cheers.